Okay, then last week we started sharing on something, and it was mainly on this one, on this, on the, on this particular verse, as I declared what was laid upon my heart. I will continue on the same because I'm continually being pressed to continue on. We shared only on one aspect in that verse, but today we're going to share on the second aspect of that particular verse, where the Word of God says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God is our Father. And He is the Almighty. He is the Everlasting One. He is the omnipotent, the all-wise one. And you know it very well. Yeah, as children, as children, you realize if you are a child of the king, you know what it is goes on with the benefits of being a child of the king. Now he, he declares that he is not given unto us the spirit of fear. And we shared in depth last time. Why not the spirit of fear? And we talked about the two kingdoms, and all these two kingdoms, they have got one speech. Each one of them has a spirit that is its foundation. And everything in each one of these kingdoms operates based on that particular founding spirit of that particular kingdom. The kingdom of darkness, as we say, has fear as its spirit that is at its base. Everything in the kingdom of darkness, everything in the kingdom of the devil operates from that spirit of fear. Whatsoever way he operates is from that particular spirit of fear. But the spirit of God, the kingdom of God, we say it, oper it operates from the basis of the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That is in relation to us. Because I want you to realize the Spirit of God has got many facets. It's not only power, love, and, uh, and sound mind. He is uh, beyond knowing. So we can't box him and say he's only the Spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He is far beyond what we can be able to imagine. But for our sake, he says he has given unto us this Spirit, and he manifests himself unto us in this particular light of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And why is he operating in that particular fashion? And one of the things I want us to realize as we get into the, the, the second aspect. Last week we talked about the power. The power aspect of the kingdom. And we shared in depth. Or maybe we just touched actually the tip of it. Because the, the, that, that issue is very deep. Even the one of today is very deep. We've shared aspects to do with love. But today I want us to talk about the spirit of love. Because he says he has given us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He is one spirit, but he has these manifestations in him for our sake. He has power to be manifest in us. He has, you know, he, he has the love to manifest in us. And then lastly, we shall finish on, he has a sound mind. And we shall seek to say, to understand, what is it to have a sound mind? Why does the scripture say it is a sound mind now? First and foremost, Realize the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of the devil understands usually, almost all the time, only one type of language. 
And you now realize because it operates on fear. It understands only one type of language if, it, if you communicate with it. And that language that it understands is the language of power. If you don't deal with the kingdom of darkness from that particular standpoint of power, you are in for big, big trouble. Because the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the enemy, understands only one thing, power. If you go there, you're, you're saying, you know, you know, God said, you know, you don't disturb me, Satan, stay away. He laughs at you and he will kick you in the ribs. So, did God say that? He will kick you in the ribs. Because he senses from what it is that comes from your, your mouth, whether you really know what it is that you're talking about or what you're not talking about. Let me give you an example. Look at the animal kingdom. Usually the... The, the animals that attack people, they smell fear. They sense fear. The moment they realize you're afraid, they know they'll catch you. But the moment they realize that there's boldness in you, you are not being moved, you'll see it. it can, if it's a dog, it will start barking from a distance. It's not ready to come towards you. Why? It's, it senses this one is not afraid. But the moment it senses fear in you, it has overcome you. And that's how the enemy of, of, operates. That's how the kingdom of darkness operates. The moment he senses fear in you, he knows, I've, I've beaten that one. I'm going to ride over him. Why? Now here, scripture and even the Lord Jesus Christ, in, in some of the statements, you hear him speak, you know, when he's speaking of the, of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the devil of demons. Here, how he speaks of them, he never says communicate or discuss or whatever. He said to them, cast him out or cast them out. To cast out, it is an aspect of power. He says, drive them out. He, you know, it is an aspect of power. Remember when he speaks to Satan at the, at the beginning when Satan comes to tempt him. He, in the course of uh, talking with the enemy, he does not go in to seek any discussion or reasoning. He simply tells him, it is written. The devil tries to get him around. It is written. Then finally, what does he tell him? Away with you, Satan. Get, be gone. A command. It is power that is in operation. Look at him. In other places, the scripture tells you, resist him. It is a power element. Another place in Romans, it tells, give him no place. Don't give place to the evil one. It is a power element. He tells in another one, I give you power over all power of the enemy. Why? Because, and then he says, trample on scorpions and on serpents. It is a power element that the Father wants to bring up in each one of us. That's why he gives you the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. In another place he says, bind the strong man. Then you're going to spoil his house. He's not speaking of human beings, you go binding another human being, no. He's talking of the strong ones, the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this present age. Because he knows they are always, always hanging around, around your fence, hoping to see a loophole, to come and do something. But at the moment they discover that you know you are standing. Whether they throw the stones, you will speak against every single one of them. And by the grace of God, because of the power of God that is at work in you, it annuls the schemes and the endeavors of the evil one in the name of Jesus. Remember when he speaks to Peter, he says, as he's speaking to Satan, was talking through Peter, he tells him, get thee behind me, Satan. It is not a matter of negotiating. It is continually a matter of shutting him up. Don't give him a thought. Don't give him a, 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 a platform to talk with. There is nothing to discuss with the enemy. 
at any one time. It must always be when he comes. That's why you, the, the other time we were praying, we were saying, you know, uh, you know, help me, you know, deliver me that I will not fight against myself. How many times we fight against ourselves? We call ourselves, you know, I'm stupid. I'm, I'm this. You know, I, you know, people talk how they're stupid, they are, how rubbish they are, how useless they are. Why are you saying that? You've got the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind in you. And the more you say that you are stupid or you're foolish, you are addressing the spirit that is in you. Who is the spirit of God? Who is the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind? You can imagine what we do to ourselves and how we dishonor the helper who has been given unto us. And he wonders what is wrong with my children. Why are you fighting against yourself? Don't talk in terms of fear. Talk in terms of the love of God, of the power of God. So he comes and he, you know, he reveals what he says. He says, Jesus says, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And realize, you know, all these particular aspects, they operate from the spirit of fear. If as a thief will put you in fear, as you hear him walking outside, you one starts to, to tremble, wondering, oh, there's a burglar, there's a burglar coming. And in the course of that particular fear, some people may run to go to hide in a, in a room, and they leave the door to be broken because they are afraid, oh, the person, the person, whatever it is that will happen. Why maybe if the person had turned the lights on and the person, the person will run away. But fear causes us to withdraw and go in a corner and give the enemy an opportunity to do havoc in our lives. And then Jesus comes and says, but I have come so that they may have life and have it in a more abundance. What we said last time, for the gospel is the power of God and to salvation to everyone who believes. Why is it the power of God? And that's why we come now to this very aspect of today. We talk, we've touched power, we put it aside. Let us move on to the spirit of love. It is because, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Because this life that he is bringing unto you and unto me, it is wrapped. It is like a package. It is wrapped in the spirit of power, wrapped in the spirit of love, and wrapped in the spirit of a sound mind. And he comes to hand you that. If you want to experience the life that God has given unto you, you better, you know, discover, oh man, there is power here, there is love here, and there is a sound mind here. Life in abundance will be yours for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But unless you discover these three aspects of the power, the love, and the sound mind that is available for you as a child of God, we continue to live in a corner and the enemy having a field day as he harasses us left, center, and right. And now, the spirit of love. Why the spirit of love? We, as we look at the love of God, we know so much about the issues to do with, to, to do, to do with love. And we've shared uh, uh, about love before. Maybe I'll just go over it uh, very quickly. Remember, as in 1 Corinthians, I think, chapter 13, from verse 4, where he starts to talk about the essence of love, what love is. And realize, he says, he's given unto you the spirit of love. Why? Because he, love is patient. So he wants you to be a man of patience. Do, never be impatient. Always be calm, be cool at all times. That's what it, it, God is never in a hurry or never impatient. 
He's always cool. He's calm. Even when the devil raises a storm and what have you, he's as if he's just looking at him wondering what is that particular the thing doing. And he is abiding on the inside of you. He wants that coolness to be made manifest. So he is looking for that patient characteristic in you. And I pray, may God give unto you that grace of patience as his spirit of love starts to unwrap itself in your, in your life in the name of Jesus. He says love is kind. He's looking for a kindness in you and in me. Just as I was here saying, you know, even in caring for people, there's an aspect of kindness that the power of God is released in you by the spirit of love. Otherwise, we give up. You've had people beating up people they are caring for because they will, one gets annoyed, I've, I've had enough. Ah, keep quiet. And they slap the man who slapped the woman. And you know, later on, they were, why did I do that? But anger rises up from within. We've read it in the papers over and over. And it is something that, you know, that the Lord says, I give unto you my spirit of love that you may be kind. And I want you to be looking at yourself as I look at myself. Am I kind? Am I kind? You know, if we come to the real sense of the word, am I really kind? This morning, as I was, I was coming across, I was opening the gate, and somebody came to me and they was crying and telling me, oh, Paul, I don't have any rent. I don't know what I am going to do. And then he even opened up his body. He uh, showed me the teachers and the big operation he has had. He's doing on dialysis and all, all sorts of things. And he's telling me that I'm being kicked out of my house. There is an aspect of kindness that the Lord is looking for in each one of us. How do you respond to that, to that particular, how do you respond to this particular, to, to, to some of these challenges? As you come out and, and you know, it, it, it comes onto your face. The spirit of kindness. You know, he says, love does not envy. Ask yourself, do I experience envy in my spirit? If at all I experience any envy of whatsoever kind, I want you to start crying out to God right now. You have given me the spirit of love. Love does not envy. So this is not of yours. I cast it out from me in the name of Jesus Christ. And by your grace, it starts love to start being made manifest. Love is never rude. And I want you to ask yourself, am I rude? You know yourself. I know myself. If I'm rude, I know if I'm rude. If you are rude, you know who you are rude. But love is never rude. So start asking yourself, Father, this rudeness in me, oh God, have mercy on me. And you know, let your love dissolve this rudeness because love is not. It, 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 it's the spirit that has been given unto us. He says, love is selfless. And am I selfless? Those are the things I want you to start crying unto God as even as we share. Be praying out unto him, Father, remove the selfishness from my spirit that I may be able to experience the selflessness that you desire me to experience. Love is never provoked. And that is, you, you, it, it, you can't be provoked to hate anybody because love cannot be provoked at any one time. I want you to ask yourself, how often am I provoked? Maybe my, my son, maybe my, my daughter, maybe my, my wife, maybe my, my husband, maybe my, my brother, maybe my, my, you know, my cousin, my whatever. Name it. They are my neighbor and all these particular things that the people that surround us. How many times are we provoked? And mm, I don't like that particular person. It says love. He has given you the spirit of love. It is supposed to be, you know, coming out of that. Uh, if anybody comes and squeezes you. All that oozes out of your eyes and your ears and your nose is love. Now I want you to ask, if we come and squeeze you, what will ooze out? Will, you, uh, will, will it be a nice, nice feast? 
coming out into our faces or into our eyes because of what do you think you are doing? Get lost! And you know, you, you punch me with your punch. You know, I, I remember some, a, a church, there's a church, there was a fight. <clears throat> there was a fight. Dear ones were in the church and then suddenly a fight broke up. It was sad. And people were hitting each other. And was like, I hit you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that, is, that is us human beings. That is how wonderful human beings we can be. We are very strange characters. This word tells us to love one another. But that was exactly the case. Some were even having machetes in the church. You can imagine. And they were reaching out to cut each other. Brethren, that is, that is the sad thing. But it, this is what the Bible says. God has given unto us the spirit of power of love and of a sound mind. Fear is the one that makes one feel insecure. So the only thing I can do is I must reach out to Ronaldo, hammer him in the face. Then he will know who I am. That is exactly what fear does. But the spirit of love has a different approach in our spirit. And that's what God is seeking to realize in our lives. He says, love rejoices. It never rejo rejoices in your success. Love never rejoices in failure. So ask yourself, how many times have I rejoiced when I've seen my enemy suffering and when I've seen my neighbor fail? Like, yes, he's been disturbing me many times. Let him have it. Let th those things happen to us. It is reality. But God says, I've given unto you my spirit of love. So that you may be able to love, you may, you will not rejoice over failure. And you know, and then you go and say, love does not, you know, it bears with every situation. Ask yourself, how many situations do I bear with? Now, quickly, well, first and foremost, as we look at the spirit of love, whom he has given unto you, why is he giving you a spirit of love? First and foremost, because love covers a multitude of sins. One Peter four eight, the Bible says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. One of the things that fear does in our lives, and that's why it says, "Just not given unto us the spirit of fear," is it brings guilt and brings condemnation. It reminds you who you are. It reminds you what you have done. It reminds you what you are thinking of the other time. It reminds you of your background and it keeps on telling you, you can't make it, you're useless. Because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, up to Z, what makes you think that you can be of any use to God? And hence, it brings guilt and condemnation. But God gives you the spirit of love. Why? Because as that spirit spreads in every aspect of your mind, in your emotions, in your mind, in your brain, in your aspect, it covers those particular sins. It covers a multitude of sins. It erases them away. God does not remember. Uh, we've always said it's like a satnav. Do you know when you miss the path of the, on the path, we always say the, the satnav will take you around and bring you back to the path. Now the strange thing is, if somebody enters into that certain of once again, the, the direction, the destination from where you began, it will show us only the right path. It does not show where you deviated and went the wrong way and came back. No, it goes, it will show the same road that it was right from the very beginning. It does not say, oh, Paul came here, then he deviated and he went that way, then he has come back here. 
The certain of simply will still show off from this postcode to this postcode. This is the route. It takes the shortest route, uh, you know, as it leads towards that particular place or whatever has, doesn't have as much traffic as possible. Now, that is the love of God. It does not take account of the wrongs. And I want you to look at yourself and myself. How many times do we take account of the wrongs of our brothers and our sisters? And may God help us that we may be able to get over it. Now realize, why does love cover multitude of sin? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55, the word of God says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Then verse 56 says, the sting of death is sin. Love covers a multitude of sins. Why does he give you and me the spirit of love? To be able to cover the multitude of sin. What is sin? Sin is the sting of death. Sin is the poison of death. As it flows in your spirit, the anger, the lust, you know, the rudeness, name them, all these particular things that we manifest in ourselves as we allow them to arise, the unbelief and the fear, as we allow them to arise, he says, that is death that is spreading into our mind, into our aspect. But he baptizes you with his spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Because as love enters in, it dissolves the sting of death. It dissolves the power of guilt. It dissolves the power of condemnation. It tells you, go your way and sin no more. It doesn't even go mentioning the sins that you have done. Praise God. It tells you, you have, you know, as you repent and as you turn around, it says, go your way, child, and sin no more. And it holds your hand and starts walking with you, rejoicing and declaring, we are going to Zion, the city of the Lord. We are righteous, we are cleansed, we are free of guilt, we are free of condemnation. While the fear is trying to tell you on this side, ah, but you are an adulterer. You are what? You are, a, 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 you, you are an evil man. You are, you know, a, you are a hateful man. You are what? You are a, a gossiper. You are what? That's what fear is trying to tell you on this side. But love is, you know, it knows you have been forgiven. And love is rejoicing over the fact that you are making the progress towards the promise that Father has called you unto. Allow the spirit of love to cover your mind and your everything, my brother, my sister, in the name of Jesus. Don't live in the past again. Arise and let the spirit of love, because he has not given unto you the spirit of fear, but of love and of a power and of sound mind. Allow that love to cover your eyes and cover your ears, so that as the enemy tries to speak, instead it hits and goes off because the love of God has blocked your ears. I am no longer the sinner that I am. Are you? to be. I am a changed man. I'm a changed woman. And I don't live in that stuff anymore. I will not dwell on it anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the spirit of love arising within you all for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's why he says in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Why? Because in his presence he is the spirit of love and that pleasure and that joy. They, he allows you to drink from the rivers of his pleasure. Distress is torn aside. There is no pleasure in distress. 
But as you enter into the particular place, there's a calmness that comes upon your spirit. You will never rave over your, over your emotions and end up taking the wrong turn. Why? Because love comes and covers a multitude of sin and it changes your perspective for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. May God fill you with his love in the name of Jesus. Cry unto God, baptize me with this particular spirit of love. As we come to the, the, the day of Pentecost, the day when the spirit of God was sent over, it is in this season, cry out more and more, Father, as we commemorate the day when you poured your spirit down, oh God, pour that spirit of power of love and of a sound mind into my life. I want to be a changed man and a changed woman for the glory of God. Secondly, that love casts out fear. That is why he gives you the spirit of love. He gives you because as he, as he says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Any moment you are fearful of anything, apart from fearing God, which is not a fear of the world, if you are fearful of any other thing, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And God is seeking for you to be made perfect in love. Because remember what it is that he says. That you know, essentially what he's saying here is that love and fear cannot coexist. So if I am fearful, it means I am lacking in the love of God. And I want you to cry unto God as I cry unto him, Father, let me not be fearful. Let your love fill me that it expels all fear from my life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because love, that spirit is supportive. That spirit is forgiving. That spirit continues to lift you up all for the glory of God. As it follows, there is no stress in love. If you are stressed, just know that you are outside of love. There is no depression in love. The moment you start experiencing depression, cry out unto God, Oh Father, I am, it appears I am standing outside of the fence of your love. Fill me with your love. And start pumping at that particular door. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit of love. And let that be the power that is going to fight against the depression that is coming upon your mind, upon your spirit. And see what the love of God will do. Sometimes we run to therapists to help us and they will remind us of all the evils that we have done in the past and bring them again telling us that this is how we're going to deal with it but it magnifies the wound again and over and over but love of God does something different cry out unto him telling father you are my great therapist fill me with your love and may the Lord fill you with that spirit of love that in Jesus name I says there is no anxiety in love there is no depression in love. There is no humiliation in love. You've been a humiliated human being and quietly you know it within yourself. That because of ABCD, you always feel the humiliation even in your spirit as you walk up and down. But today I release the love of God upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. For he has given unto us the spirit of love. I don't care where you have been, what you have been, or whatever it is you have been. Now you are in Christ Jesus. And the spirit of love has come upon you as a child of God. Forget yesterday. It says, behold, if any man or woman is in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. There is no rejection in love. 
Allow that spirit to cuddle, your spirit to cuddle and to embrace you and to know that I am accepted. Even if Paul doesn't want me or doesn't care about me, he can, he can remain. I am deep in the love of God. I am enough in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Praise God. Cry out for the feeling of that love in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thirdly, one of the things that the love of God does, the spirit of love does, that it opens your eyes, it opens my eyes to discover that I have a place in my heart for you. And I, you have a place in your heart for me in the name of Jesus Christ. Hear what he says in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is God of God, and everyone who loves is born of God, and he knows God. That's you know, as the spirit emanates in us, the spirit of love, it unveils God in our experiences. If that spirit is not in us, God will not be seen in any one of our experiences. We can jump up and down whatever way we want to jump up and down, but God will not appear. But as love emanates in us, in our, in our walk, in our talk, in our eyes, in our thoughts, as we cry unto God to fill us with a particular love, you will discover something that happens in you and in me. That love starts to heal us, and it brings God into our experience for the glory of God in the highest. Remember what it says, little children, I shall be with you a little longer, while longer. You will seek me, and as I say to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you, that you, you also love one another. By this shall all, will all know that you are my disciples if you love one another. May you love your brother, may you love your sister. Praise God. May the Father fill you with his love for one another in the name of Jesus Christ. Another thing why he gives us the spirit of love is, he said, because fear builds walls. And that's why we, you know, we have good fences, we have gates in our homes, and what have you, because of fear. If there was no fear, you will find maybe when we leave our doors open, because no, nothing is going to happen to you. you. You go sleep and enjoy with your door wide open. There is not, but because there's fear always, something can happen. What happens? We build walls and what have you all around about us. But he says he has not given us the spirit of fear. Love builds bridges. And may God give unto you that, that love that from today you are going to build bridges even with those whom you don't know. Your neighbor you're going to build bridges with. I'm releasing that grace upon you. You'll build bridges with each other in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll make the cafe to be so vibrant because you are building bridges. You come over to see, let me go and see my brother or my sister has come to the cafe so that I can say hi to him and just smile to look at his face in Jesus' name. And then you come and say, oh, my brother, my brother Paul, oh, my sister Marie, oh, my sister Leah, I'm just happy I've seen you today now I can go home. Hallelujah. I'm glad why your presence makes me glad. And that will minister to somebody. He said, oh, you mean I'm important? You mean I, I bless somebody just by my appearance? That's good. I'll go to that particular cafe again. Maybe I'll be a blessing to somebody else who will see my face. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because the glory of God shines from you. In the name of Jesus, because of the spirit of love that is in you. And I want you to ask yourself, is that spirit glowing through my eyes? Or when they look at my eyes, everybody looks, does it? I, 
I, there is something, something. If they come to hug you, you, you feel as if they are thorns on that particular chest. You say, no, I better keep a distance from this man or from this woman. May God fill us with his love in the name of Jesus Christ. And quickly, just to, start, to, to finish, let me read through this particular bit quickly. I want to finish this particular one. The love of God, he fills you with his love. Why? Because love is actually the glory of God. We keep on asking, what is the glory of God? Let the glory of God fall. But as I was praying and I was seeking that, it came upon my spirit. Actually, love turns out to be actually the glory of God. Why do I say the glory, love is the glory of God? Listen to what he says in John 17, 22. He says, and the glory which you gave me, that is Jesus says, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Meaning, the glory of God is love. Because it brings two to be one, two who could not have agreed. He says, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Where is he? He is one with the Father. There is a love that, you know, it, we, it's a mystery. We can't understand it. But it merges these two and makes them one. You look at the father, you're looking at the son. You look at the son, you're looking at the father because you can't separate them. They have one spirit. And you look at the Holy Spirit, you're actually seeing the spirit of God, the father. You look at the same Holy Spirit, you're actually looking at the Holy, the, the spirit of the son. They are one. You can't split them aside. You can't say this is the father, this is the son, this is the Holy Spirit. It does not happen. It cannot happen, and it will not happen. We sing of the Trinity, but it's strange that the Trinity is actually one. Because the Father is invisible, he can never be seen. The Spirit is invisible, he can never be seen. But Jesus is the only one who is visible. And Jesus is the house of the Father. Because the Father manifests himself through the Son. And the Spirit is the Spirit of the Son. Because he's the one who gives the Son life. So the Father, the Son, and the Spirit turn out to be one. But it is the Father who is invisible. No wonder they say, let us create man in our image. Why did they say, let us create man in our image? Because God is invisible. He couldn't create himself in his image. He, there was the image of God is the Son. Why? Because it says he's the express image of the Father, of the glory of God. The Spirit is invisible. So when they say, let us create man in our image, they created man in the image of the Son. Because the Son is the image of the Father. He's the one who is visible. The Father is invisible. The Spirit is invisible. But they are one. And that is love. That is bringing us together. And he wants that love to be made manifest in you. So my brother and my sister. Let that spirit come in you deeply. And as it, it searches in you. There will be love in the home. Love in the church. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And I uh, number six. One of the things that it follows. Let me, let me finish with this one. I, I'll speak on this one. And then we are through. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 35. He tells us something about love, which is difficult for us. But he says, love has a thick skin. It's not easy to pierce and to make it feel pain. Praise God. It endures all things. Why do I say that? I say that because love has a thick skin or has a thick coat. Because it is able to accommodate the enemy. I don't know who your enemy is. 
And I want you to pray for your enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Because love accommodates your enemy. Why? Look at chapter, that's chapter 6, verse 35, and then we shall be summarizing that one. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, uh, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Now this is the one that made me smile most. Exodus chapter 23 verse 5. He says, And if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden, and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. Did you hear that? If you see the donkey of your enemy, it has fallen down because the, the weight is so heavy and the enemy can't lift that particular, that particular weight. You don't say, ah, it serves you right, serves you right, serves you right, and then you pass. No, the Bible says, you shall surely help him. Amen. That is the spirit of love. Amen. 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 May God touch you, may God touch me. Amen. That we may allow the love of God to reign in us in Jesus' name.